first off, I want to point out right away that making precise predictions of how aquatic species and aquatic ecosystems are likely to respond to climate change is very difficult. There's there's just a lot of interacting uh, factors that might uh, modify how the systems and species will respond to climatic changes. So, for one, uh, aquatic organisms interact with each other. So, if one species, one population does well in the face of climate change, this may have implications for its competitors uh, and the prey and that consume that they consume and the predators to consume that species. At the same time, some species may adapt or evolve to climate change to be able to tolerate different temperatures or do better in, at different river discharges than they currently do. There are also a variety of other stressors, and, and by no means will climate change be the only stressor which is going to impact uh, aquatic ecosystems in Indiana in the future. Factors such as uh, invasive species, pollution, habitat destruction, these are all going to interact with climatic changes to affect these systems. And so based on all these interacting factors and different processes which may modify the effects of climate change, we don't think it's appropriate to make really precise predictions. Instead, our goal was to try to highlight which systems are most likely um, to be affected by climate change more in sort of a qualitative manner. And then second, to, to try to outline some broad strategies by which those that are tasked with managing the aquatic ecosystems in Indiana may be able to manage in the face of climate change. So first off, uh, we know that air temperatures in Indiana have already gotten warmer, um, that based on some data that were gathered from another part of this report, annual temperatures, air temperatures have increased by about 1.2 degrees Fahrenheit over the last century. And as part of the Indiana Climate Change Impact Assessment report on climate, researchers expect that the state will continue to warm about by another 5 to 6 degrees Fahrenheit by mid-century. And so this has implications for aquatic ecosystems. So first off, many of the, of the aquatic systems in the state are, are quite shallow. Streams, uh, shallow wetlands. Uh, if these systems aren't heavily groundwater fed, then water temperatures in these systems will roughly mirror changes in air temperature. What's a little more interesting is how deeper systems are likely to respond to climatic changes. So deep aquatic systems like lakes and, and reservoirs stratify during the summer so that they stratify based on temperature where you have warm, less dense water on the top of the body of water and cold, more dense water on the bottom of the, of the body of water. And um, this stratified period is expected to set up earlier in the spring uh, with warming and break down later in the fall. So we expect to have a longer thermal stratified period uh, in the future. We also expect to see a decrease in ice cover. So many of the lakes in Indiana uh, become covered with ice. People go ice fishing on those lakes. Uh, in the future, we expect that the period when uh, ice totally covers lakes and when people can go ice fishing will be much shorter, and probably some of the lakes which historically have been popular for ice fishing will no longer be so. On uh, a reservoir like Lake Monroe, is there enough inflow of water to keep the bottom layer from sort of getting too hypoxic? Yeah, I was, gonna, um, was going to get to that. Um, the 
reservoirs will um, experience hypoxia already, and reservoirs already experience hypoxia. Um, and um, if you had sufficient flow, then perhaps you could prevent hypoxia from developing. However, it would be quite difficult. Just to jump ahead a little bit to sort of how hypoxia is likely to develop in an aquatic ecosystem. So hypoxia develops because of, of uh, stratification. So during the summer, stratification builds up with warmer, less dense water on top, cooler, more dense water on the bottom. Also, during the spring uh, and early summer, nutrient runoff uh, in freshwater systems, uh, phosphorus is of particular interest because phosphorus is the limiting nutrient in, in freshwater systems. Nutrient runoff, phosphorus in particular, leads to large algal blooms. Uh, these algae bloom towards the surface of lakes and reservoirs, and then eventually these algae die. They settle to the bottom uh, of the lake or reservoir, and there they're decomposed by bacteria. And that decomposition process uses up oxygen. And because the lake or reservoir is stratified during the summer, that depletion of oxygen in the bottom waters can't be readily replenished by water from higher up in the water column because there isn't that flux of water between the, excuse me, that flux of oxygen between the warm water and the more dense cool water. And so hypoxia can develop. Um, we expect that with climatic changes and with, with uh, more prolonged stratification, we're going to see more severe hypoxia because stratification is going to occur longer and also because uh, we expect to see more nutrient loading into aquatic systems in the future. Projections suggest that spring precipitation will lead to greater spring runoff, greater delivery of nutrients to aquatic systems, which will trigger larger, uh, more intense algal blooms. So that, coupled again with longer stratification, will lead to, to more hypoxia. And unless they fundamentally change how uh, reservoirs are operated, there's no reason to think that this increased hypoxia will be a feature not only of glacial lakes and the northern part of the state, but also of, re of many reservoirs throughout the state. Tell us some of the other findings of the report. Yeah, so I was going to mention, too, that uh, aquatic organisms are, are very sensitive to changes in water temperature. So the thermal conduction, thermal conductance of water is, is uh, high relative to uh, air. So most aquatic organisms, their body temperatures uh, very closely track the temperature of the water around them. Their metabolic rates also are very tied to temperature. So with warming temperatures, we're expecting to see higher metabolic rates for most aquatic organisms, which will have direct implications on their growth, survival, and reproductive uh, rates. Some species of fish are likely to not do as well uh, because of these warmer temperatures. In particular, cold water fish species, native species like cisco, which are uh, a native cold water fish uh, found in glacial lakes in northern Indiana, but also cold water fish that are stocked into inland uh, systems, things like rainbow trout and brown trout. Cool water fish, uh, things like northern pike, yellow perch, muskie, striped bass, and walleye, Projections have also suggested that the amount of habitat suitable for these cool water fish in Indiana will likely decline with climatic change. In contrast to those two groups of fish, what we classify as warm water fish, these are uh, fish species that are able to tolerate warmer temperatures, do well in warmer temperatures, things like largemouth bass, bluegill, channel catfish. 
the amount of thermal habitat for these fish species is likely to increase throughout the state. So uh, we might expect to see a, a change in the type of species that are most abundant in the state. And this may also have important implications for what type of species the DNR may want to stock in the state. One of the issues that we report on fairly often are the coal ash ponds. Um, given that winter and spring are likely to receive more precipitation in the future, are these uh, going to pose a threat to freshwater supply if they get essentially flooded and leak off onto the surrounding environment? So we didn't uh, explicitly consider those ponds. What I can say is that, as you just suggested, more precipitation in the winter and spring is expected to lead to more flooding throughout the state in those time periods. And, and I don't know the hydrology. I'm not familiar enough with the hydrology of those systems to, to really think about whether they're likely to flood and, and threaten water supply or not. But a flooding would seem to be more likely in the future. That's excellent. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thank you.